This week on the Wager Pager Podcast. William Hill is suing FanDuel. We'll tell you why after the break. Big news coming out of New Jersey and the NHL. We'll tell you what sportsbook operator just signed a deal to showcase their business model with the New Jersey Devils. And we have an update on the scary news coming out of the offshore gambling world in Costa Rica. We'll fill you in on the tragedy involving the owner of Five Dimes Sportsbook. A huge bet was made on the Red Sox to beat the Dodgers in the World Series. We'll tell you how much that wager was and what this person could potentially win. And our guest this week is Andy from Deep Dive with Andy and the Whale. He talks about how he met the whale, what type of handicapping philosophy he uses, and his four best bets when it comes to Halloween candy. And former Marist college defensive back and current wager pager sports gambling analyst Jimmy Dice Rulin returns to recap our picks from last week and make our selections for college football week nine and NFL week eight. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager Podcast. Welcome back to the Wager Pager Podcast, where we talk everything in the world of sports gambling news and give out picks and analysis. I, of course, am your host, Mercedes Barba. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Mercedes Bianca. And I am here with my co-host, Chris Rogers. And Chris, Halloween is coming up next week. Do you know what you're going to be? Uh, an octopus? (laughs) What's up, guys? This is Chris Rogers. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at The Wager Pager. Let's do this. FanDuel Sportsbook is being sued by bookmaker William Hill for copyright infringement. A civil complaint was filed on Tuesday, October 23rd in New Jersey, and William Hill is accusing FanDuel of ripping off its betting guide that was given out at the Meadowlands racetrack. William Hill is arguing that identical wording from its how-to-bet guide was copied from FanDuel and given out over the summer. William Hill published its betting guide in June 2018, and FanDuel started handing out its on July 2018. Some of the identical sections are a paragraph that reads, Alternate and reverse lines are propositional wagers offered by William Hill on baseball games. Are you fucking kidding me? FanDuel didn't even take out William Hill's name from the guide? This complaint shows the two guides side by side, and it's pretty exact even down to the specific examples and numbers it used. William Hill is seeking damages and injunctive relief. The most interesting part of this is a quote that was given to ESPN by William Hill CEO Joe Asher. Asher said, quote, If the court finds in our favor, a portion of the proceeds will fund scholarships for creative writing programs at New Jersey universities. In other William Hill news... The bookmaker just announced it signed a sponsorship deal with the New Jersey Devils. This means that soon the Prudential Center will have a lounge that looks like a sports book. It will have TVs and odds boards, but there won't be any windows or kiosks, so you won't be able to make a bet in person. But you will be able to make a live bet through William Hill's mobile app. So you can just sit there watching games, drinking beer, and placing live bets. Pretty cool. That's so awesome. It's basically like a... Sportsbook without the betting windows. Yeah. 
And switching gears here, guys, we have a terrible update on last week's news. This is coming straight out of Costa Rica. Last week, we reported William Sean Creighton, better known as Tony, had disappeared on the night of September 24th when he was driving a co-worker home. Tony was the owner of a well-known sports book called Five Dimes. Well, according to the Costa Rica Star, his body was found last Saturday. There were rumors that his family had paid a $1 million ransom, but investigators on the case didn't confirm anything. Our hearts go out to his family during this very difficult time. All right, guys, changing gears here. DraftKings announced it just took one of its largest bets since it has been offering online wagering. The company says one better deposited $500,000 and bet it all on the Red Sox to win the World Series. If it hits, the better would win $325,000. Nice hit. All right, guys, we're really happy to bring on one of our favorite sports gambling podcasters and sports gambling Twitter handicappers, Andy from Deep Dive with Andy in the Well. What's up, guys? We're super excited about this week's guest. He is one of our favorite handicappers on gambling Twitter, and he's the co-host of the acclaimed podcast Deep Dive with Andy and the Whale. We are happy to welcome to the Wager Pager podcast, Andy Molitor. Hey, guys. How you doing out there? What, East Coast? <laughs> oh, yeah, Jersey. Yeah, coming to you live from Jersey City. Oh, yeah. I, I just saw... Uh... Like you said, the deep dive. I just saw my partner, the whale, posting from Hawaii. So I'm glad. Maybe maybe you guys have some miserable weather too. You can commiserate with me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It is freezing here, man. You got to come out here and come visit us one day. We'll take you out to uh, all the sports books out here. I had talked to a buddy about that already. Now that there's a bunch of stuff going on on the East Coast, it's more of a it's more of a draw. Like in the past, I would have never said, "Hey, I want to go to New Jersey." <laughs> yeah, New Jersey's the new Vegas. Oh yeah, and we're not too far from New York, and New York, New York's pretty fun too. Oh yeah, you do have that. So. <laughs> right on, dude. Well, uh, first off, congratulations! You guys just hit a big milestone, episode one hundred of the deep dive. Yeah, I know. He didn't know <laughs> quite what to do for that. We just ended up <laughs> talking for quite a while. But, uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's crazy that. Uh, God, it's just a shade over a year. It took us to do 100. I started adding up the hours that uh, it takes to, like, little pre-production and putting in the time in and recording. And uh, if you really start adding that up, it's crazy how much time we've spent doing it. What did you come up with? Oh, it was, like, it was over a week of, like, just time. <laughs> Nonstop. Yeah. No wonder No wonder I'm on Twitter too much. Well, uh, we certainly know how much goes into just making one of these, so making 100 is uh, quite an achievement, brother. Um, all right, just to uh, get a little background info so for our listeners, uh, some of them who may not know about you, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you first got into handicapping sports and maybe how you ended up teaming up with the whale? Well, yeah, I was, you know, big sports guy. I love, especially the NFL, but all sports. And, you know, I'd always kind of dabbled in sports betting. And I guess, uh, you know, for many years, I was pretty novice, lots and lots of parlays and just betting on the teams I loved. And, uh, you know, I'd go through, you know, there's locals and I did, you know, dip my toes into some of the offshore stuff. But yeah, a few years back, uh, when I did, did start on Twitter, I don't know what it was where I found you know, maybe following some of the sports accounts, even just like ESPN, and eventually you just find some people, and, I, you know, you 
you find your way into that gambling Twitter. I can't remember exactly, you know, all the first accounts I started following, but once I got sucked in, I realized uh, that there's a lot of people. It was, you know, even better than some of the, the message boards and the, the forums online. So, I mean, that I think that really sparked my handicapping to take it up a notch as far as there's just so much more information. And even even outside of Twitter in the last few years, there's just so much more analytics sites and people putting out information on everything. And it really started to make it seem like a process that you could start to get some control over instead of just, you know, almost almost putting gambling as like uh, one of your monthly bills. Like, this is money I'm going to lose every month. But you let me know. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is a lot more fun when you win. And then as far as, you know, the whale, uh, I always have liked tennis. I never really had bet on it. And following him, he was betting out like tennis every day. And I we started sparking up some conversations about that. Eventually, ooh, this was almost two years ago now, we put together a, a DM group talking about tennis betting, which is still thriving till today. And uh, eventually he just kind of approached me on the side, see if we wanted to throw together some NFL previews for the 2017 season. And we had so much fun doing those. We said, let's just, let's just keep this going through the season and see where it goes. And, and even after the NFL season, we just kept rolling with it because there's, man, the sports is never ending. Sports betting is never ending. There's always something. I mean, we did, we did a full, we did over an hour on the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> with the scale, yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, you can, if there's something to bet on, there's somebody out there who has the angle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Andy, you mentioned, you know, NFL. Um, so obviously we're halfway through the NFL season. Um, in your opinion, what is the most overrated team in the NFL right now? And what is the most underrated team, you think? overrated but i think a big part of being overrated is being one of those like uh, a public team some people call them or you know just like a name brand team where mm. i'm really lean, i'm really leaning hard on and, and maybe seattle's a bad example they don't have a great record but uh maybe like pittsburgh people will always you know just look up pittsburgh they've always been good they always win that division they've got big ben they've got antonio they're getting lazy on back. They're a great team. They're just going to be a good team, but and they they are having they are having some major issues on defense, and they're having major issues just in that whole locker room all season. And if, you know, it, it's not just a pushover division right now. So I, I definitely I'm not super keen on. I heard somebody say it on a podcast a week or two ago. Just well, you know, the Steelers will win the North, and that's how that goes. And like, it, I'm not so sure about that. They uh, they got their work cut out for them with uh, Baltimore's defense, and Cincinnati is apparently not the, the pushover of the last few years. So I, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of cold on Pittsburgh. Maybe not this week. Right on. Yeah, I, th- uh, I think Cincinnati's sneaky good. They didn't show up in Kansas City, but that's a that's a tough place to play. Oh man! Oh. If anybody had that over, like does Cincinnati really let you down? Not getting any points. So uh, the whale was telling me about that you're super hot right now with your teasers. What's up with your teaser strategy? And uh, go ahead, tout your success. Oh, I think I yeah I hit one I hit one last week again. I did lose one two weeks ago. It made me really sad, but the Titans plus eight and a half when they got just shut down by Baltimore. Playing a team, playing a team like that, that was not what I expected. I think teasers are like four and one, five and one on the year. I do 
keep it pretty tight. I'm not like looking for teasers, but gosh, I think what, it's been seven weeks. I've had a teaser six out of seven weeks so far. And I mean, 90% of it is just uh, basic strategy or Wong teasers where if you can push your a teaser number through seven and three at the same time with the six point teaser, I mean, it's just, there's, there's all kinds of stats to back this up. You can go look at the long-term numbers. You need to you need to hit about 72% of the single legs to break even. And if you can do that, push it through a 7 and a 3, it's going to be more towards the high 70s just in the long term. So if you if you can do it, and, and I still, I don't want to just blindly do that, even though that has proven profitable, but I'm not looking <laughs> at, you know, just tons of teasers every week. If you, you know, I don't want to be round-robbing five things at once, but. So I do try to still maintain my handicapping process on those. You know, if it is in that zone where it's like an eight and a half that pushes down to two and a half, getting through seven and three, I still want to look at it and say, you know, uh, it, it does meet that criteria, but it, maybe it's a, it's a really shitty situational angle and I don't, I don't want to play on that team this week. So I try to, try to still maintain some semblance of, you know, looking at looking at everything from all angles before I do throw it in there. Very the cool, very cool. Tricky too because, you know, you, you get that – sometimes they don't play at the same time and you feel really good about closing on a teaser leg and then you realize, like, you haven't won any money at that point. You still need to hit another yeah, uh, another game at that point. That's always nice. Um, all right, so steering away from teasers, what is, like, your basic handicapping philosophy? I know the white whale is is heavy into analytics. You guys are both like situational players, but you seem to be a little more of like an old school handicapper. Um, would you say that's fair um, to say about your style? Yeah, and I, I do appreciate all the stuff the whale puts together with his models. It's fun to look at it. And I will say, like like I said with gambling Twitter, I mean just talking to people is such a big part of my handicap. Like, I'm always bouncing stuff, and other people are bouncing stuff off me. It's it's great to just talk some of these games out, like, this is my angle, you know, talk me out of it. That's a big thing we all say to each other. Uh, situations, yeah, it's so big for me. Um, hitting an early number is really big for me. There's rarely a week where I'm not betting at least one or two games on Sunday or Monday, like up the week a previous uh, you know, the week even hardly starting. We do a Sunday night podcast every week when we're going over the the opening numbers. And there's always some numbers that are going to want to get grabbed early. So getting ahead of the line, and honestly, I don't know if it's – I'd have to go back and look and see if a game was close enough where getting the early number even mattered. But I always like to get a better number than, than what it's going to close at. That's a big part of our handicapping strategy, if you want to throw me in with the whale there too. Whereas he is more model-based, but we are both heavy on getting some closing line value. If you – I mean, it's just kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're on the right side of the number, you get the best of the number, and you get a better number than what it closes at, you're going to win in the long term. It's just – if the market moves the way, the way you bet it, it's just going to work out in the long run. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so let me ask you something we've been asking a lot of our guests recently. Um, what's your opinion about betting percentages and like fading the public? Because I know it's been uh, 
it's been in the news lately, and a lot of people are on one side or the other. And uh, how important is betting percentages, and do you take these numbers into account when you're handicapping? I don't really, because I've had so many conversations. Boy, the, the amount of conversations I've had, like in DMs and just talking to people in, in person about this in the last month, too. You're, I mean, you're right. It's come up big time in the last few weeks, especially, but... We've we've looked into some of that, and I've even talked to Whale about this, and we we even broke down like which books report for these numbers, and it seems like a good chunk of the money isn't actually getting tabulated in some of these numbers, so it's really tough to tell if they're accurate. Or it's, mm. in my mind, I wish I wish they were. I wish somebody you know had a magic calculator that could figure out exactly what was getting bet everywhere, but uh, you know all the locals that use the paperhead website and all that sort of stuff, or even just local bookies who are working off notepads, you know, none of that money. And there's so much of that old money that's getting pushed around and especially up on the East coast, I think there's so much going through there that you'll just never see involved in those percentages. Because I mean, if you actually had an accurate tabulation of that and you saw, you know, the, the bet count was high on something, but the money count was on the other side. I mean, in theory, that should be correct as far as, well, sharp money or big money or smart money is coming out on, on the side where there's more cash, especially if the, the ticket count's heavy the other way. But, so I, I don't use it a ton. I've, I've talked about that to several times with some other things, too, as far as uh, the super contest consensus. There's some people that they get awful worried when those come out and they see a, a game or two that they bet is high on that. and I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's traditional it's, fade, it's, right? Yeah, sharps, sharps and professionals, I mean, even the best, they lose 40, 45% of the time, and, you know, the public's going to win probably 45% of the time. So just because something's sharp or something's getting bet heavily by the public doesn't, you know, it's not an automatic fade, especially. Like the the top play in the Super Contest, the top consensus play in the Super Contest is one four out of seven weeks now. Where in, in general, I believe, like, if you take the top five consensus plays, it is a losing record. But the top play, and last week it was uh, Minnesota minus three, and it was not even close as far as from first to second, and, it, and that one cashed quite easily. So I, I try to put that out of my head because it just feels like it's, you know, when you start talking mushes or, uh, you know, everybody on Twitter's betting this, so it's going to be a loser. It, it starts to get in your head and affect your handicap. And, you right. Know, there's, enough stuff, there's, a, there's enough stuff getting into my head and spinning through my mind during the week as it is. I don't need anything extra. Yeah, I guess it seems to me, I guess it's just becoming somewhat of an outdated technique because I remember back in like the early 2000s, mid 2000s, it's all anyone ever talked about. Fade the public, fade the public. But there's just so much more to look into at this point, I guess. Well, and there are spots where it's it's absolutely proven to work in in some spots where, you know, like there's not as much going on and there's a ton of betting going on on certain events. Like, I believe it's, um, like, the first or second weekend of March Madness. I can't remember which, but just betting against the public numbers on, like, sports insights is profitable, like, every single year. And the same goes, I believe it's uh, just bowl season. Like, 
there's not as many college games. So everybody who wants to bet on college football is betting on that game. So you're getting just such a higher volume, even at those selected books that they're getting their numbers from. But those numbers are probably a little more accurate. And that's that's actually – I can't remember who posts that on Twitter, but somebody posts that every year, and it's, it's a winner just fading the public in bowl season. Yeah, totally. Bowl season definitely is dog city. All right, um, let's switch gears here. I hear you talking a lot about uh, knowing when to pass on a game and that being a, a very important part of like, handicapping an NFL card. Are there certain red flags or anything you see that makes you stay away from a game? And how do you know when to stay away from a certain game? I think the major thing is just <clears throat> uncertainty. Like if, if there's, cause they, and that can be, that's such a broad term. You know, if there's, Obviously, if they don't know which quarterback's going to play up until game time, you know, you're not going to want to get involved. And maybe it's not something you want to wait and say, well, I'll get involved if so-and-so plays right at, you know, a game time kick. I'm not the kind of guy who likes to bet right at game time. That's tough for me. So any sort of serious injury kind of things, I don't just like to speculate. Like, I think this guy's going to play, and that's what I'm going to bet my money on because just it seems silly when there's so many other board there's so many other games on the board that I can feel you know much more confident with you know anytime there's coordinator changes or a coach is possibly getting fired it, it just makes for goofy situations even some of these london games i don't love playing them unless there's a really strong angle as far as we had a couple last year where the team just a couple teams really flubbed the travel and, like, it, it was painfully apparent that they were going to be less prepared than their opponents. So there's, you know, basically anything outside the norm. If I, if, I don't, if I don't think I have a full grasp of all the factors in the game, it really scares me into betting anything. And I, I guess I've heard this said a million ways by numerous people. I'd rather keep a winner off my card than add a loser. Right. No, it makes sense. I'm, I'm I'm a little more small volume. I think I've only I got my sheet up here. I've only played 32 bets this whole NFL season, as far as my actual full unit plays. So wow, I try to keep it. What well, I don't know what that is, like four and a half ish per year per week. And the the one week I did my worst week was the week I put like six plays in. So I think that probably reinforced it for me as it was. That's some serious self-control, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's all, this, there's all this Champions League soccer and whatnot if you need to blow off a little money in the morning. Just to kind of piggyback off of that, Andy, do you have any uh, advice for bouncing back after kind of a tough, tough losing week? Yeah, I think you do. It's uh, Again, it's maybe cliche, but, you know, just that short-term memory, you can't, you can't be down on yourself. You know, once you make the bet, you can't control anything else. I mean, I guess you could buy out of it if something really happened. Or if it was an advantageous spot. But once you put the money down, you got to just trust that you got the right number, you got the right sides, whatever you did, and the game can play out however however it's going to play out. Sometimes, you, especially if you took a bad beat, sometimes you have to take a look at it and say, did I – 
did I make the right play, even though it was probably even even though a game lost or whatever you bet on lost. Sometimes you need to look at it and say my process was solid. That was the right play. You know, such and such happened. Like that that was kind of an outlier. That's not going to happen to me every time. I need to stick yeah. with my process. I need to I need to trust that what I'm doing is the right way to go about this. You know, this whole process and. Just, you know, move on to the next week, start looking at the handicap, and, you know, also maybe learn from it. It's the opposite of making a bet and being dead right and having it lose. I mean, I've had games like that where I bet, gosh, what is it? I'm looking, Eagles minus three the second week. I think it was when they played Tampa. And not only did I, I bet, like, Eagles minus three, but it moved against me. I took a huge negative closing line value on it, and the game was, like, it wasn't even close. Mm. The Eagles, Eagles got shelled as a favorite. And I kind of look, you, you do you do want to look back, too, and kind of learn from maybe a mistake you made. You know, so you, I guess, you know, you can't have complete lack of short or long-term memory. You do you do want to look back and see if there can be some improvements to your process throughout the week. Yeah, right on. Just got to shake it off and, and move on. Oh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, the, they're not going to, you know the market's not going to hit pause because you're sad. The, as soon as you, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, like supper, it's, it's supper time on Sunday. Those lines are popping. It, uh, you know, you're getting all the the pinnacle and the bet online openers are starting to pop out. So the market is already moving before your week is over. Uh, all right, Andy. So we're we're just gonna uh, switch gears here a little bit. I am gonna ask you a fun question. Um, so we do a segment here on the wager pager, uh, called four down territory, uh, where we pick our four best bets. And, uh, but since we're close to Halloween, since it's next week, we want you to give us your four best bets, but in Halloween candy. So what are your four favorite Halloween candies? Oh, I mean, not even, <laughs> not even a close second. I'm super traditional, I guess. And Snickers, I'm a huge Snickers guy. Oh uh, yeah. And I don't, <laughs> oh, I don't even think there's anything even close. Which my kids even know that. Like they'll give me their Snickers after they trick or treat with their sweeties, because they know I didn't get any candy. I just had to walk around and watch them do it. So yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta drive them to the neighborhood. And, uh, yeah, that's coming right up, isn't it? It's yeah. like a week from now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, this is our last uh, episode before Halloween, so we figured we'd uh, do a Halloween themed segment. <laughs> All right. So that was number one, Snickers. So what is what's number two? Oh, I'm pretty. I'm also. I like anything peanut butter. So like any size, even the <laughs> minis, the Reese's peanut butter cups. I mean, those are solid. <laughs> Nobody. Solid. I mean, unless you have like a nut allergy, you can't hate on those. <laughs> <laughs> That's super good. All right. Number three. Third down. Oh, it's a toss up. I'm. I'd probably go Kit Kat. Nice. Wafer. I'm just, yeah, it has to be chocolate, too. I will say, like, as far as maybe ones not to give me, like, I just like chocolate ones. I don't want Smarties. Don't throw a Skittles in there. Kit Kat's one of my favorites. That's a sleeper. No one ever mentions that. Solid pick. All right, what about fourth down? Oh, that's a, there's so many good chocolate bars. Probably Butterfinger. Butterfinger. I don't know what you call the stuff inside of it. Like, whatever that orange stuff is, though. Like, whoever sat down and figured out the orange stuff inside of the Butterfinger, like, you nailed it. Yeah. Like, we're just, this is good. We're going to put chocolate on it. And it's going to be solid. The peanut butter version of, like, that, that amber marble on the guy's cane in Jurassic Park <laughs> that, that holds the mosquito. 
I think that's what that is. I just asked what it was, and, you know, the more you think about how food's made, you probably don't want to know, like, you know, dehydrated so-and-so or whatever it is. Right on. Well, those are those are four really solid candies. I got to agree with you on all of them. Those are probably my top favorite, too. Definitely. Happy Halloween, Andy. Send our best to the whale, too. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're actually... Halloween falls on our Wednesday. We always record on Wednesday night, and he brought that up. He's like, he's like, are you going to? I'm like, oh, shit. We need to record on Tuesday, don't we? All right, guys. That was Andy Molitor. He is the co-host of the Deep Dive Gambling Podcast with Andy and the Whale. Andy, of course, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for coming and hopping on the pod. Well, thanks a lot for having me, guys, and uh, good luck this weekend with all your bets. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Wager Pager podcast. We welcome back into the Cludio, the closet studio, former Marist College defensive back, Jimmy Dice Ruling. What's up, brother? How you doing? What up, my friend? Hey, Mercedes, how are you doing? Hi, Ruling. Welcome back. No doubt we're moving on to college football week nine, NFL week eight. Let's do a quick recap of our results from last week. I was uh, three and two in college football. I had winners with UNLV plus ten and a half. Michigan minus seven went head to head with the Figgy Beats and won. Old Dominion plus five was a winner, and I lost on Wake Forest plus ten and a half. Memphis plus ten, and my Navy midshipman moneyline dog winner was also a loss. How'd you do, my friend? Uh, I wish I can uh, erase this from my memory bank. I think I've had two shitty uh, weeks um, in the last three. So, uh, again, I'm looking for some winning ways. But, unfortunately, I was one and four in my best bet. Loser on Illinois. Loser on that head-to-head with Michigan State. With Utah. Loser on Mississippi State. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, LSU looks like they're for real. Uh, Loser on that Duke with a straight shit show. Uh, but hey, I won on that Washington State. They're looking good. Mike Lee pulled me through. Uh, but also I got, uh, you know, a loser on my, uh, money dog. So, uh, so yeah, let's, uh, let's move forward. Let's not talk about it. All right. Sounds good. Let's jump right into it. Our nickel package college football five best bets. Chris, you want to start it off? I'm going to kick it off with a 3.30 p.m. Saturday kickoff. It's a team that Jimmy Dice Rulin been playing all year long. It's the Duke Blue Devils, minus 2.5, short chalk on the road. If you look over on ActionNetwork.com, 60% of the tickets are being written for Duke, but 87% of the money is on the Blue Devils. That's a 27% differential. Now, I'm not looking into these betting percentages as much as I used to. A lot of fucking controversy with the betting percentages, how much these numbers mean. We've been having guests coming on that I respect. And, you know, they they are also telling me that uh, these numbers don't mean as much as they used to. So I don't want, I don't want to get, I don't want to go overboard with this shit. But it's a big difference, 27% differential. You got uh, Redshirt Jr., dual threat quarterback Daniel Jones back in action after injury-plagued season. He's been playing. He's been playing good. Pitt has looked good this year so far. They upset Syracuse. I get it. But Duke is flying under the radar here, man. I love Coach David Sutcliffe. Give me Duke minus two and a half. 
Yeah, man, I, I looked at that game. Uh, my only thing is that Pittsburgh tends to play tough at home, uh, and I forgot where I read it. It might have been on Action Network how uh, Pitt tends to play kind of spoiler to people's seasons and potentially bowl chances. Now, I'm not saying Duke's not going to make a bowl because they definitely should, and they most likely will, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, I didn't want to lay any chalk away on this uh, this week, but that's kind of why I stayed away from Duke. So uh, good luck with that. I think they should cover that and definitely win outright, but uh, Pitt scares me sometimes, so that's why I stayed away. All right, my dude, who you got? Who you looking at? Nickel package. Looking to bounce back this week and uh, kind of get back to my winning ways. Uh, I'm going to go uh, with a big, uh, not a big SEC uh, matchup, but uh, I'm going to go with a team that's uh, done me pretty good this year. So I'm going to take Kentucky Wildcats plus seven against Missouri. Um, right now, uh, my big thing is that uh, Kentucky's actually won this game the last three uh, three years. Um, I know Benny Snell is uh, questionable. Uh, he is pretty much projected to play. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, he can wipe off some of that injury bug um, to kind of help uh, Kentucky uh, win this. Uh, but pretty much, I, I'm thinking Missouri may potentially have a look-ahead game with that Florida Gators on the line. Look so, ahead. So, yeah, man. Uh, so that's kind of some of the reasons why I like it. But uh, Barry Odom uh, and his uh, coaching record in conference is only 6-10. and 10, And he's actually 0-4 against a top 25 team. So, um, you know, uh, I'm kind of liking my chances with Kentucky. And uh, they did have a common opponent now uh, getting into the – pretty much the back end of the season. A lot of these teams that um, are playing our head-to-head in our conference have co- common opponents. They both played South Carolina. Missouri lost away 35-37. And um, Kentucky beat South Carolina at home 24-10. So um, I'll take Kentucky plus seven. I just think that's way too many. And I think Kentucky could potentially win this game as well. So. Jimmy Dice ruling with the wealth of information as usual. That's why we go to this guy when it comes to college football every fucking time. All right, here we go. We're going, uh, this is our nickel package going with our second play here. Second best bet in college football. It's a 12 p.m. Saturday kickoff. You have the 5-1 Army Black Knights catching two versus the two and four eastern michigan minus two at home i'm going with eastern michigan my friend uh eastern michigan has a little bit of a revenge factor here in this spot they uh they lost last year by one point to army i feel like there's major value on eastern michigan here in this spot people are riding high on army but yeah they played oklahoma well and whatnot and they've been a tough tough team all year but eastern michigan is a sneaky sneaky good two and four team i'm gonna take eastern michigan at home minus two yeah i think initially army was uh favored weren't they when this line came out chris yeah i think has it crossed uh zero at this point yeah i think it was like either at minus one army maybe a pick them uh so i was kind of surprised at that Uh, i think this is one of those lines where I'm like, is that too good to be true? Because Army is definitely, I think, the better team. You know, they have some trends going in their uh, favor in this. Because I actually looked into this as a potential best bet, uh, but I actually ended up jumping off of it just because uh, Eastern Michigan scared me because I was actually on the Army side. 
Um, but you know, some of the things that scared me was, uh, you know, Army seven and one all time in this series. So, um, I think this is going to be a battle and, uh, I think the home, do- uh, pretty much the home team might have the advantage on this one. So that's why I, uh, I shied away. So, uh, good luck with that Eastern Michigan pick. We'll see what happens, my friend. Yeah, man. Uh, we could have been head to head on that, but again, it just, uh, I wasn't confident. So that's why it is not a best bet. So. But right now, uh, my second play for the nickel package, I'm going to stay with the SEC. Um, another matchup with Texas A&M getting two points against Mississippi State Dogs. Uh, they fucked me last week. Wasn't too happy. Um, I actually got a chance to watch that whole game. Their offense is really not that good. Uh, if they need to throw the ball, I feel like they can't even do that. They're primarily a running team. Um, right now, I'm just, I'm pretty much fading Mississippi State uh, due to the fact that they just can't throw downfield. Nick's fit, Nick Fitzgerald, dude, looks horrible. Yeah. Horrible. So Texas A&M's coming off a bye, uh, so and they don't, um, you know, they don't have a big game in the next week or two. So, um, you know, all focus is most likely on this team because Mississippi State, you know, is a pretty solid squad. Um, they have a couple of, uh, excuse me, they have one key, uh, opponent this year in Kentucky. Um, Texas A&M actually won at home by six, where Mississippi State lost by 21 away against Kentucky. So, with a common opponent, that's, I mean, that's a 27 point swing. Um, you know, and I, I just like the fact that, you know, between Jimbo Fisher and Joe Moorhead, uh, I'm going to side with a better coach, better team, uh, and getting the points. So uh, I'll take Texas A&M plus two, buddy. Uh, all right, let's go. We're going nickel package here. Game three. I got a lot of chalk this weekend, man. I'm going chalk. <laughs> I'm going chalk again. It's weird. I, I have three favorites this week in my nickel package. I like the Louisville Cardinals. It's a 12 p.m. kickoff Saturday. I'm fading Wake Forest. I thought they were good. I've bet them a couple times this year. They fucked me the ass both times. I like Louisville, minus two and a half. Louisville's coming off a bye. This is a great spot for Louisville, who's had a little bit of a tough season so far. But they have way better talent than Wake Forest, and I love the Bobby Petrino factor. Give me Louisville, minus two and a half, less than the field goal, under the key number of three. Rise, Cardinals, rise. Yeah, man, that's not really too much chalk to lay. So, I mean, uh, and they're home on that, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, so, I mean, that's I mean, that's really like a pick em, you know. And like you said, uh, this has been a down year for uh, Louisville and Petrino. So, this is a great opportunity for them to kind of just um, get their season back on, not necessarily back on track, but just kind of start getting some winning habits in that uh, program. So, like you said, their their talent is way too good to be just uh, you know their record showing it. So uh, that that is most likely a great play, considering the fact that Wake is a little bit uh, underperforming all year long. So, uh, but you know what, Chris, uh, I'm gonna continue the trend of laying that chalk. Uh, I do have one chalk. Uh, I'm gonna lay this week on my best bets. I'm gonna take Washington. Giving up eleven and a half points against Cal. All right, it's a lot. I know it is, but I think Washington is uh, just going to smash up on Cal. Uh, considering the fact since uh, twenty thirteen, 
Um, yeah, Cal won uh, in 2015, but since 2013, Washington has won by an average of at least 24 or more points since then. Uh, the road team is 5-1 ATS. Right now, Cal is 0-3-1 uh, against the spread at home. And if you look at some of their common opponents, like UCLA and Oregon, Cal has lost to those two teams. They lost to UCLA by 30. He was struggling all year. Uh, and then they also lost to Oregon by 18. If you look at Washington, they beat UCLA by 7, and they lost to Oregon in Oregon by by three points. So Washington is a much better team than Cal. Um, I don't know why this line is so so low, but... Um, I think they should easily win this game by, like, almost uh, two, if not three touchdowns. So uh, I'll lay that chalk, and I will take Washington minus 11 and a half. Woohoo! Love it! That's why they call him Jimmy Dice Ruling, former Marist College defensive back. That's my man I go to for my college football plays every week. And I've been doing it for years, and I will be Fucking doing it for years from now. Number four in my nickel package, college football, five best bets. I'm going with the Florida Gators, plus seven on the road in Georgia, in between the hedges. Felipe Franks is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the fucking country. I feel like Georgia was a little bit exposed two weeks. Yeah, they're coming off a bye, but two weeks ago versus LSU, they got fucking ran on, and they were exposed. They're not ready to perform in this bounce-back spot, in my opinion, versus Florida. Give me the Gators, plus seven. Got five and one. We're going up versus five and one. Huge fucking SEC matchup. No one's talking about it, I feel like, this week. Gators. Bullish. 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 Me and you, we're not going head-to-head on this one. We're actually on the same side. This is a game that uh, I liked all week when I saw the matchup. Uh, they're actually both coming off buys. Now, they are playing at a neutral site, but it's in Jacksonville. So this is really a home game for Florida. So let's be real. All right. Uh, a couple other things. I know that Georgia smoked them last year, 42-7. to So you can, I guess, potentially say there's some revenge on that. But the previous three years before that, Florida had this game. So And they won straight up and covered the, uh, the spread on those three games. So just another note uh, on this, uh, they had three common opponents each, LSU, Vandy, and Tennessee. Georgia beat Tennessee by 26 at home, beat Vandy by 28 at home, but lost to LSU at, in LSU by 20 last week, or not last week, but the week before their bye. Florida, they beat Tennessee away at, by 26, same amount. They beat Vandy by 10 away. So. But the big thing is they also beat LSU, giving LSU their only loss by eight. So I'm going to take those six and a half points. I just think it's way too many points. This is also my money dog. You know, I will also sprinkle uh, a little bit on that 215 money line. So, yeah, man, I'm going to take uh, that money line, too, at uh, plus 215. It might be a little bit higher, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on all over this game. So uh, let's go Gators. So that's also your money, dog. No doubt, dude. All right, let's 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 uh, keep it rolling here. Rolling on to my fifth pick here, nickel package, college football, five best bets. I've saved my best bet for last, my biggest lock of the week. This is a Friday night game. 
This is a home dog. This is the Boston College Eagles. Plus three and a half at home versus the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, Miami's coming off a bye. Uh, big loss for Virginia last time they did play. But A.J. Dillon is back. This dude's been out for two weeks. He's an uh, NFL caliber running back, and he is ready to run all over Miami. Uh, I feel like Boston College is one of the most underrated teams in the entire country. And guess what? This is the Red Bandana game. Uh, they do this game every year in Boston College where they pay tribute to Wells Crowder. Wells Crowder, if you guys don't know, any of the listeners out there, is a former Boston College lacrosse player that was said to have saved up to a dozen people on 9-11 going back into the building, saving people, wearing his red bandana that he had on his side every day since he was a child. And that's how people recognize him. These people are in touch to this day. They stay in touch. They're alive because of Wells. It's an incredibly heartwarming story. If you guys have not heard about it, I definitely urge you to check it out. But this is the Red Bandana game. And Miami has been sucks and Miami has been a little bit suspect at best all year. Give me Boston College plus three and a half. Friday night. It's gonna be rocking. People are gonna get pumped up, getting psyched. Give me the Eagles plus three and a half. Wow, man! I didn't know that was the the red bandana game. So definitely a a crazy uh, story. Definitely heartwarming. So you know what? Now if I know that they got a lot of emotion and you know uh, spiritual back backing on that game. So I think uh, Boston might be able to pull that out. So uh, good luck, you know. But I, I'm not going to take that strictly for the fact that I'm not going to bet against the U this time. So, um, but for my fifth and final pick of the nickel package. I'm going to go back to the Pac-12, all right? I'm going to take the hot team, Washington State, getting three points against Stanford, all right? Um, Washington State, Mike Leach, amazing coach, has won the last two straight up and against the spread, all right? Before that, Stanford had owned this series, uh, but I think this is a new Washington State team. Uh, Mike Leach has, I think, completely turned that program around and brought it uh, back to promise. Uh, this game has huge uh, Pac-12, uh, you know, conference title uh, implications on it, all right? So right now uh, Stanford next week has Washington. So there is potentially a look-ahead game on Stanford where Washington State has Cal, Colorado, Arizona, and then they end off with Washington, you know. So Stanford needs to – this is Stanford's next uh, two games against Washington State and Washington. So it's just going to be a, a hard two games battle. And Stanford technically can't afford to lose any of these next two games. So where Washington could technically afford to lose one game. So um, I like Washington State staying hot. They're 7-0 ATS. Uh, and this is a battle for the Pac-12 North um, Conference. Uh, and I'll take those three points. Figgibitas. <laughs> All right, for my money dog, college football here, it's... Your money. You're so fucking money. Okay, for my money dog, give me the Iowa Hawkeyes on the road in Happy Valley. I'm really high on the Hawkeyes. Quarterback Nathan Stanley is my guy. NFL prospect. 
Are you kidding me? Penn State is overinflated, overrated. Give me these fucking seventh point dog on the road. They can, but you're giving me two to one on the money line. I'll take that every time, man. Iowa's got one of the best defensive fronts in the country, and I know you like that fucking analysis off the top of the head, picking a money line like that. That's it for our nickel package, college football five best bets. All right, guys, now let's move on to the NFL. We're entering four-down territory where the guys and I pick our four best bets of the week and a money dog line. All right, guys, so let's recap our NFL week seven best bets so Roland how'd you do I actually had my first great NFL week with a winning week I was three and one with my best bets uh hitting on the Patriots against Chicago hitting on Buffalo against Indy and I also hit on Houston um and they're also my money dog but I was a loser on Dallas what a BS Movement, whatever you want to call that, for a potential tying game, uh, game field goal. So, but hey, you know what? I'll take the three and one with a money dog any day uh, on my college play. I mean, excuse me, on my NFL plays. So, Chris, how'd you do? Again, two weeks straight losing in the NFL. I lost on the Bears plus three. I lost on the Chargers in London minus six and a half. I lost on the Niners plus ten and a half. But I did. I did get that New York Giants backdoor cover plus four on Monday Night Football. Nice. You did better than me. I didn't have a good week. I don't even want to say it. Embarrassed. It's the NFL. Why don't we just skip? It's the sharpest market in all sports. We'll just skip my record. What happened? All right, guys. I don't think you want to hear my record last week. It wasn't so good. Um, But listen, a lot of people had tough weeks last week. Um, I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off. I'm just going to say it. Don't at me. I went (laughs) 0-4. I had San Francisco plus 9.5. I lost. I had the New York Jets plus 3.5. I lost. I had Baltimore Ravens minus 2.5. I lost. And I had Miami plus 3. And I lost. My money line... I picked the New York Giants. Chris, what happened to your team? Uh, they went for I two. It's the right thing to do. <laughs> for all my analytical uh, math dudes, you know that that going for two was the right thing to do. Was it? Don't at me. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm just going to shake it off and uh, and move on to this week. Nice. Who wants to start this off? Let me start this off. Uh, I'm going to try to continue my winning ways from last week. Uh, first game I'm going with, uh, we're going to be sipping some tea on this game. Uh, I'm completely fading the Jags. Uh, I think last year was an ultimate fluke. Traditional Jags playing back to the shit level they've been. Uh, I'm going to take Philly minus three. I know they've been struggling. I know the Jags have, this is pretty much a yearly game for them for the past like five years now. Um, but I just like the better team right now uh, in terms of in the Super Bowl champs trying to kind of pretty much um, promote their brand and their you know and their team out in Europe. So uh, I'm gonna take Philly minus three uh, against the Jags. I mean they sat Bortles, they got no Fournette, so they really have no offense, and that defense really hasn't been playing to the caliber that we saw them playing last year, which is really keeping them in those games. So. Um, 
I'm going to take the Super Bowl champs and uh, take Philly minus three. All right, you go ahead and take that. Uh, we're going head to head, just like last week in the Michigan State-Michigan game. You know how that shit ended. I am taking Jacksonville here. First down in four down territory. Are you kidding me? Jacksonville plus three and a half. They're basically the home team. They've been going to London for like fucking seven years now. They've been there more than any other team. They might be a fucking London-based team one day. Yeah, the Blake Bortles era is not over just yet. The Jaguars are not benching Blake Bortles for Cody Kessler. And Philly has been a little bit underwhelming all year long, in my opinion. I'm going to catch a key number of three plus the fucking hook. Give me the Jaguars, brother. Head to head. I'm taking Baltimore Ravens minus two and a half. Baltimore is super underrated. They have outscored their last six opponents 62 to 15 in the second half, meaning they're giving up less than a field goal per second on average. Baltimore owns the number one defense in terms of points per drive. I can't take credit for this. This is all according to our friends over at Action Network. Baltimore is a strong team right now. The starting guard, Alex Lewis, is out with a neck injury, but otherwise the team looks pretty good. They should all be near full strength. So give me Baltimore. I'm going head-to-head with the wager pager <laughs> team. They're double-teaming me. Oh, my God. Uh, I've actually, Mercedes, I actually got Carolina. This line is actually moving mm. in my favor. Initially, yeah. they were, initially, they were getting a point. Now they're getting two and a half. Um, I just like Carolina as a home dog. They just seem to start to get things together towards the middle of the season. Um, I get it. I like Baltimore. I've actually uh, had some plays with Baltimore this year. Uh, they have a great defense. Um, I, I just think that Carolina is just starting to uh, get everything clicking. You know, their offense, Cam Newton, uh, I just think, uh, you know, as a running dual quarterback, uh, Baltimore doesn't typically see that in uh, the last games that they've played. So um, good luck. Uh, hopefully I'm cashing the winning ticket, but uh, – but yeah, I got Carolina plus two on this one. Two and a half, excuse me. Straight up against the Wager Pager podcast team. My second down play is also the Baltimore Ravens. Minus two and a half. I don't know what you're thinking here, brother. This is definitely a fucking big letdown spot for the Carolina Panthers after a big win versus the Eagles last week. And Carolina is a little bit overinflated right now in the market subsequently. Baltimore Ravens has the number one fucking defense in the entire NFL, my friend. And Cam has been getting a lot of time this year in the pocket, but this week that is going to change. And I love how Baltimore has been using my guy, Mercedes guy, Lamar Jackson in spot play this year. Give me the Ravens, minus two and a half, under a field goal. I don't care if it's on the road. Love it, love it, love it. Hey, just a side note. Last time I went head-to-head against both of you, who came out on top? <laughs> KC, KC Patriots, so uh, <laughs> just going to say. But, hey, maybe you guys would do. Me into my second down and four down territory. I'm going Kansas City Chiefs, minus 10. Don't hate on me, Chris. Don't hate. I hate the fucking I Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'm going Kansas on this. Let's go Mahomes. So 62% of the bets are on Mahomes. Chris, you're not going to like this. 27% of the money is on them. 
the Sharpies are on Denver. A uh, 73% of the bets are on the Chiefs. But you know what? I'm going to go the other way on this. And listen, hear me out. Kansas City has started the 2018 season 7-0 and against the spread. This week, Kansas City has a chance to tie the 2007 Patriots for the best against the spread start since 2003. Come on, Mahomes wants this. You don't think so? You're just a, you're pro Soho. I am, and again, he's my my fantasy quarterback. I don't How are the Sohos doing? They're good. They're good. We're in second place. Second place. Yeah, we got bumped. We got bumped a little. There's some guy in my league who's. You benched Mahomes. I did, you? but no. but Carson Wentz has been has been killing it. No, not this week. You played. No, Mahomes. no, I played him last week. I played him last week, uh, but Carson Wentz has been doing been doing the job. So, anyways, back to Mahomes. I'm I'm starting him again this week though. So I this is all according to our friends over at Action Network. Action Network also said that better should be careful on betting on teams like the Chiefs that are hot as they're bound to come down soon. And listen, That's they what I've been saying. I know. We've been saying that for weeks, though. <laughs> so, But I'm not betting against them this week. No, I know. I'm not. I know. Finally. No, you can't. All right, so I'm going to go one more week on Mahomes and see what happens. So give me Kansas City Chiefs at minus 10. Mercedes, this is not one of my plays. I, I actually <laughs> wanted to take them. The only reason why I didn't is Andy Reid, fuck you on that over. How the hell do you go? <laughs> yo, how do you go for it on fourth and four? You're up 35 points. Oh, my God. That was probably the worst beat I've had in a couple years. When it the was right walrus. There. The oh walrus got God. you, brother. Dude, but anyways, um, I, I I pretty much have taken Kansas City, I think, uh, almost every week this year. Um, I'm going to not take them strictly for the fact that I'm just saying, fuck you, Andy Reid. Um, but I think Denver, uh, this, <laughs> if Denver didn't blow out uh, the Jets last week, this spread would have probably been the highest uh, this week. Um, but I think the fact that they blew the Jets out, I think people are thinking, oh, well, Denver's actually good. Um, they're not, you know, uh, there's potential rumors that Demarius Thomas might be traded. So, um, I like the fact that, uh, you're, you're staying with Kansas City because I think they, they should win this outright at home. So, but. Nice. Yeah, well, that's right. And they're at home. Yeah. All right. Who you got, man? Third so for, down, right? Yeah. I was going to say, for all that being said, uh, my third down play is I'm going to take, uh, the Colts minus three, um, against Oakland. Oakland is a straight dumpster fire that you wouldn't even have bums looking for shit in that dumpster because there is oh nothing God. left. And, you know, <laughs> they're getting rid of House. They're getting rid of Khalil Mack. You've got crying freaking Derek Carr crying like, oh, my God, what's happening? Your team sucks. We can get into stories about when I did during football, but hey, listen, he has got no skills. I think he's overrated. He might be as bad as his brother. Um, I think that whole squad is just bad. So, um, and I think Andrew Luck is kind of just flying under the radar, getting back to form, you know, and um, I personally think that the Colts are going to win this by like eight or nine points. So um, I'm going to take the Colts just through the fact that Oakland is just straight dog shit. I think they're going to try to lose the rest of the year um, and just kind of uh, get that high draft pick. So uh, give me the Colts minus three. Yeah, I can see that seems like a solid pick coming from Jimmy Dice ruling. All right, here we go. We're we're on third down here in four down territory. Mercedes, what do you like? 
All right, so I'm going for my third down and four down territory. I'm going Pittsburgh Steelers minus eight. Listen, Pittsburgh leads the NFL with 19 sacks. They have an awesome defense. Both teams are fairly healthy. The Bengals are without their wide receiver, John Ross. He's out with a growing injury. Uh, so I'm just going to go Steelers on this minus eight. I know it's kind of a lot. They're a favorite, but I really think they can pull this one off. Laying the chalk. I'm laying that chalk. All right, Chris, what about you? Third down. Third down. All right, I'm bringing it to a 1 p.m. Sunday kickoff. Give me the New York Jets plus seven and a half. Are you kidding me? You're giving me an extra fucking hook on that shit? If you check out over uh, on Action Network, Friends of the Podcast, 24% of the tickets are being written for the New York Jets, but 43% of the money is coming in. That's a 19% differential. A lot of sharp money, a lot of big money bets coming in on that side. I'm looking for the Bears to have a little bit of a letdown spot here after a tough loss to the Patriots. So that a game they thought they should have won, they thought they were in. They're now they think they're one of the best teams in the league, and they're coming home and they're only facing the New York Jets. I don't think so. Not so fast, my friend. Give me the Jets plus seven and a half. Yeah, Chris, you know what? I, I like that play. Uh, that was a borderline best bet for me. Uh, I just am not sold on Chicago. Trubisky hasn't impressed me. Nagy has just, like I said, he doesn't have that killer instinct. Um, I, I think they do win this, but I think, like you said, seven and a half points, I think that's a little bit too much chalk. Their defense really hasn't been that great. Uh, over the last, like, three, four games now. So um, I think the Jets can keep that close. So uh, I'm definitely going to consider tailing you on that on that play. So Cool. All right, Roland, what, what about you? Fourth down, four down territory. Where are we at? So my fourth down, uh, I guess my fourth and goal, I'm going to go with the hot team, a team that I called beginning of the year in the pod to be my Super Bowl NFC uh, representative is the New Orleans Saints getting one point uh, in Minnesota. All right. Um, I think everyone's going to say, oh, Minnesota's got that revenge from last year. You know, it's like Minnesota really hasn't done much. Um, I think I was listening to uh, Chernoff on the, uh, you know, a friend of the pod on his uh, simple handicap stating that, like, um, Kirk Cousins is the second most uh, pressured QB this year. Um, and I think um, the difference between Breeze and that is like Breeze is getting pressured maybe like one out of like five or six plays where pretty much Kirk Cousins is almost getting pressured on like almost one out of three pass plays. So, um, And Minnesota really hasn't played any great defenses as well as uh, great offenses. If you look at all their wins, it's been towards – the bottom half of the league, where the Saints have been playing pretty much a lot of top uh, talent teams. So um, I'm going to take the Saints plus one, um, just keeping their winning ways and um, moving forward. So uh, let's go. uh, Who dat? Who dat? All right, guys, to finish off my four-down territory package, my fourth-down play, I'm saving my best bet, as usual, in the NFL. Are you fucking kidding me? A-Rodge, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback, catching nine and a half points versus the L.A. Rams? You know I'm going to do it. You know I love betting against these big-time fucking number one rated teams, whether it be in the NFL or NCAA. Give me the Packers. 
plus nine and a half. Are you kidding me? I don't care that it's on the road. I know the Rams been playing great. I know the Rams have the advantage when it comes to coaching. McVeigh versus McCarthy. Obviously, the Rams have the advantage. But are you kidding me? Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback, catching nine and a half points? That's unheard of, bro. Yeah, I think the last time he had a huge spread like that, I think was, uh, I guess, the I forgot who, who he was playing, but I think it was like minus eight and a half. I believe he ended up winning nine nothing in that game. Uh, I saw a tweet. I forgot who sent it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm not a fan of taking the best team and betting against them. So, uh, good luck with that, Chris. All right, guys. So, my fourth down and four down territory, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts. It was a pick but now I moved to minus three. Can Andrew Luck beat the Raiders? I think so. Uh, his long-awaited return... Um, has been a little bit slow, but, you know, he's getting into it. Uh, the Raiders will also be without their starting running back, Marshawn Lynch, who was placed on the injured reserve list with a growing injury. Um, and, yeah, I think the, the Colts can really pull this off. I'm doing Colts minus three. You're joining, you're joining Jimmy Dice. I am. Yeah, she was smart. She, if she likes money, she would. You got to tell him when he's hot, and Roland's hot right now. All right, Dice man, let's move on to our... NFL money dog plays. Who you got? Money. You're so fucking money. So I'm looking to uh, get on a two-game money dog streak. Last week I hit on Houston for a nice little payday of 180. I'm going to take the New York Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, getting 290 against Chicago Bears. Um, as I said before in this previous uh, cast, um, I'm just not a fan of Chicago. Uh, they do not impress me. Uh, I think for whatever reason, they actually just find ways to lose, uh, given you know the game one against Aaron Rodgers on one leg, uh, against the uh, Patriots, a Hail Mary that they get at the one-yard line. You know, uh, I just don't know why, but... Like I said, this coach, this team does not have that killer instinct. Uh, and I can potentially see the Jets kind of scrapping their way, keeping it close, and potentially uh, pulling the off, uh, upset. So uh, I'll take the Jets plus 290 on that money line. Love it. I love it when our two fucking beautiful brains think the same beautiful fucking thoughts. I am also on the Jets plus 290. That is my NFL money. You're so fucking money. No, I'm joining you, man. Plus 290 on the Jets. I love it, love it, love it. The Bears are due for a letdown here. Give me the Jets. Plus 290. All right, guys. So for my underdog Moneyline play, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. I'm going with my favorite, one of my favorite quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers. And listen, they're at plus 330. You can, I mean, you can't pass that up. Plus 330, that's amazing. So... You can never doubt Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there is a way that they can really pull this off. So give me Green Bay Packers plus 330. I can't pass it up. It's just too good. I like it. Juicy. Juicy. Like you said, Aaron if Aaron Rodgers is in the game, there's a potential chance they win. You know, uh, totally. They did it game one against, what, the Bears? Hobbling on one leg, that miracle. Uh, some consider that his greatest regular season win. 
you know, and then, what, a couple weeks ago, we were on the bad beat on the money line for San Fran. They're down, like, what, 20 points, and he comes back. So so that could be the potential spot that the Rams uh, lose their first game this year. So I might have to sprinkle something on that, Chris. Sprinkle, sprinkle. You know I'm looking to troll the fucking Rams, troll the Chiefs, any chance I get. Love it, Mercedes. All right, guys. So uh, we'll catch up again next week and see how we did. Again, guys, that was Jimmy Dice Rulin, former Marist college defensive back. Jimmy, thank you so much for being on the pod yet again. This is week eight. Can you believe that NFL is about halfway done? No, nah, man. It feels like uh, it just started. It actually sucks. I hate it when it gets to this point because it means that we're almost done. Uh, but this is a great way to uh, spend the season with uh, my best friend, you know, his girlfriend, Mercedes, you know, just a blast being on the wager pager. And uh look forward to uh, building that bankroll, getting pumped, and getting psyched. Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Talk to you next week. All right, guys, that's it for Episode 12, College Football Week 9, NFL Week 8. And as always, good luck. Happy handicapping, and may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and wherever else you get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave us a review and tell all your friends about us. We love new listeners. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wager Pager. Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours a day, and all calls are confidential. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager Podcast. Bye, guys. Here we go.